Hello and welcome to another Statman Scat. This time our special guest is John Doonan, president of IMSA, and he's a buddy of mine. That makes him even more important. John, welcome. Uh, thanks. It's so good to see you on screen. I hope we can do it in person at a racetrack soon, but uh, it has been too many years, and let's uh, let's use this time to catch up, but also talk about some tremendous momentum in our sport after what has been a pretty crazy 18 months. I got to be honest with you. It's been stunning. We're going to cover some of that, but I'm going to leap out of the box right here at the beginning. It's a guy, you, you've been in the motorsports world. You've been a racer. You've also been at it from an administrator, from a factory point of view. There's a guy in NASCAR down the hall from you or on a different floor or wherever it is, and Kyle Larson, who's on fire. Some people at ESPN might say he's as hot as uh, fish grease, <laughs> but we're not going to go into that. But he left uh, for a while and he came back and he's with what might be considered the Chevrolet uh, home program at yeah. Hendrick Motorsports. You know how much of an impact factory programs have on racing. So let's bring it back to IMSA. How is that possible that a guy could go from barely finishing races to winning four in a row because he's with the right factory team? Yeah, you're, you're spot on about, um, you know, the, the factory efforts. We're fortunate to have 18 different automakers competing in IMSA. And then one way or another, whether they have a, a works team to use maybe a little bit of a a historical term, or they support customer racing. Uh, it's all about the people and the chemistry, uh, of course, set up on the car. And then in, in many ways, as you know, there's an element of luck in racing. Um, but, you know, what, what the Hendrick team has pulled off um, this year so far with, you know, Chase Elliott won a race, Alex Bowman's won a couple. Uh, Kyle's uh, obviously on fire, William Byron. So, you know, they're putting some some significant numbers on the board. And it does come down to, I think, people and, and chemistry. And, you know, most of the work, I think, is done away from the racetrack, as you know, preparation at the shop. Uh, nowadays, the, the, the teams and drivers, I, frankly, I don't care what series it is, they're spending time on a simulator somewhere preparing such that when they get to the racetrack and, and, you know, COVID has taught us a lot. Um, there wasn't opportunities in, in, in NASCAR cup to do practice and qualifying and things uh, for the last 18 months or so uh, before they went back to racing or 22 months now. So people, chemistry, uh, hard work, there's no question. Those are the staples. Uh, I think the other thing just about Kyle, you know, he has spent time in the Rolex 24 in a variety of cars. Clearly he's done dirt. He's done ovals on, on asphalt and in sprint cars and midgets. And he's just an amazing talent. Um, and so um, to have uh, guys like, like Kyle in the NASCAR family, guys like Jimmy Johnson have run with us uh, this year. Uh, Chase Elliott has run with us in the Rolex 24 and, we're heading to Watkins Glen uh, the next few days, and Jimmy will be back with us in the Ally Cadillac DPI. Do manufacturers want to see 
people in the stands? Do they want to see people on social media? Uh, do they want to see other manufacturers? Do they want to see balanced rules? Uh, I know that you're going to say all of the above, but yeah. what's the number one thing that they're looking for when BMW comes in, when Porsche comes in, when Audi comes in, bringing new product? What are they looking for, number one? What do they say, you got that, so we're coming? Yeah, you're 100% right. They're going to say all of the above. They're going to say um, that, uh, that they they are, are racing to, to hopefully sell um, their their road car product and their brand. Um, they definitely want to compete on track with the competing brands. Uh, they want to use it as a showcase for their either their their actual nameplate or a vehicle um, a profile, if you will, whether it's a GT car or their powertrain. So the two Corvettes racing against each other doesn't do Chevrolet any good. That's right. So they, they yearn for BMW to be there and, and Porsche to be there and Ferrari to be there. So um, there's no question that, that they um, want to uh, come and use it as a marketing tool. Um, they hundred uh, percent are keen on audience. That's why our partnership with NBC has been so critical in um, our social media audience across all of our channels we're knocking on the door of just a million, a million followers, but um, they um, they all have a different set of official objectives. But I think the long and the short of it is they want to be here competing with their fellow um, um, colleagues in the industry or, or their competing brands um, to put themselves in a premium place and showcase their product in the most grueling environment possible. Some of IMSA's resurgence in the past, I don't know, 20, 30 months has come with you at the helm. Uh, the, the new partnership with Le Mans and the hybrid prototypes have bought in uh, BMW of late joining Porsche and Audi. Acura re-upped to make a car uh, for that program. They've been in the series for a while now. Uh, Cadillac is the the brand of recognition here in IMSA now, Cadillac is very, uh, they're not there in that list. Are they going to join it? I do hope that Cadillac joins us. And based on who's been at the table, Bill, there's going to be more. Um, people are really interested in this racing for overall wins, being able to stylize the bodywork of a prototype and be able to use an engine right out of your family, uh, you know, your brand uh, uh, engines, whether it's uh, directly related to uh, uh, one of your road cars uh, or one of your SUVs. We're talking with John Doonan, IMSA president. We can't talk about racing. You talked about growing IMSA. That was one of the first things you said when you took over the helm. You can't talk about racing anywhere without talking about electrification. And we've already mentioned hybrids. How is that conversation developing in the offices there behind you? Clearly, um, hybrid is, is the new uh, element of our 2023 plans, uh, but we are talking about several electrification opportunities, studying what's currently in the market 
And really? Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't drop that on the table, John. <laughs> give me one. Give me one headline in the the five things that you're talking about. Give me one of them. A little taste of what electrification is going to do to IMSA. Well, uh, you know, we, we've been partnered with the DOE, the Department of Energy, and the EPA uh, for many years. Back when I was a participant, and, and obviously now I'm working directly with them. We want to constantly be relevant to what our consumers and our audience are, are utilizing, whether that's an alternative fuel on the street, whether that's electrification. Um, so yes, the answer is yes. We're in constant communication with our manufacturers. Um, the, the hybrid system for 23 is a step towards uh, what may be electrification down the road. Um, but, uh, you know, there's all stuff in the news about hydrogen and fuel cells and and uh, again, alternative fuels that we're very uh, aware of and want to do the right thing at the right time. You always talk about growing IMSA, uh, and I've seen, I've witnessed, and we talked earlier about how Europeans who used to be the center of sports car racing are now looking at the Rolex 24 and the Sebring 12 hour and the uh, the. Uh, the race at the end of the year, the Petit Le Mans. Petit Le Mans yeah. Are they, they're looking at that now. So how do we get involved in that? Is that your idea of growing it and bringing Porsche and Audi and BMW to the Rolex 24 in a couple of years? Uh, for sure, there is momentum at the top with the class strategies, um, certainly in the prototype uh, with, with all the folks you mentioned, Acura, BMW, Audi, Porsche, and, and more to come. There's a GT strategy that we announced back at the Rolex in January where GTLM, as we know it, is going to sunset at the end of 21. We're going to come with the GT3 platform. So I think stability is the key around the classes um, going forward. But you see these manufacturers making commitments for top-level programs and, and commitments to customer racing in GT. I think for growth, we obviously are keen on growing our audience. The television partnership with NBC is continuing to blossom. Um, Our social media engagements are are massive. We saw significant lift in TV viewership during 2020. The other thing I think is that we can't forget, Bill, and and I know you believe in this as well, we can't forget about the next generation of audience. And that is the kids, I call them kids, uh, the 16, the 18s, the 19s, the early 20s that we need to capture, not just in motorsport, but for the auto industry as a whole. Um, you grew up a car guy, I grew up a car guy, and we got a bunch of friends that are that are car people. And I think we need to remember to be educators on, on the car industry and, and, and motorsport in general. Uh, we can do that. Uh, something I did at Mazda that I'd love to bring here is a STEM program where we can go to some schools and educate the, the students not just about racing. I mean, obviously the platform is racing, but showing the application of what they're doing in the classroom and how it applies and the job opportunities in engineering, in in public relations, in in being an attorney in this sport that apply what you're learning in the classroom. So let's bring this in here. Part of that growth, you mentioned social media Major League Baseball, the NBA, stick and ball sports, 
they're getting heavily, heavily involved in streaming. They're going to Yahoo and uh, other delivery systems. Are you going to include streaming and social media as a key part, maybe even equal to your relationship and partnership with NBC? No question. And, and frankly, the partnership with NBC gave a pipeline for us to utilize their track pass platform. And fans, uh, the, the uptake of the IMSA content through NBC track pass was massive in 2020. The key for sure is realizing, you know, linear TV like you and I have grown up with. Uh, we got to be prepared for people wanting to sit um, on their phone and watch it. We got to be prepared as a sport. We, you know, a lot of our social media, as you know, are digestible um, little um, shorts, and uh, we, we set the hook, and hopefully, we can earn their uh, earn their audience attendance uh, for life. John Doonan, IMSA president, what you learned last year uh, to in fighting off COVID that we're going to see uh, this year in 2021? Uh, I think probably some of my uh, my bestest friends now uh, are U.S. Homeland Security, and <laughs> because they uh, they've been instrumental in us being able to continue to operate with getting our international participants in the country. As you know, about 40% of IMSA is made up of international participants. One of the things that, that we've learned for sure is efficiency. Um, you know, our schedules for when the teams show up, how many days they're on track. And we found ways, I think, to be more efficient with budget. Is it tiring listening to racers complain, uh, making the same complaints that you used to make when you were on the other side of the desk? Well, I, I, besides the efficiency and all the custom stuff, I, I have learned a lot more. I was always respectful of the balanced performance process that now uh, my, my technical team uh, goes through. Uh, and it can go one of two ways. If everybody's complaining, everybody, you know it's pretty darn good. <laughs> or if everybody's relatively quiet, they're focused on winning races because it's getting harder and harder because the competition is so tight. It's, uh, it's anybody's guess on the weekends, which is exactly, I think, what the fans want to see is um, a, a darn good race, a safe race, and they can uh, root for their favorite brand or, or favorite team or driver. All right, John Doonan, NIMSA president. This is the last question, finally, after all of the, we've, we've danced all over the yard here. you got some Chicago background. I asked another Chicago racer recently where he stands, deep dish or a slice? I don't know, man. Deep dish is hard to beat. I've been trying to cut back, but, uh, yeah, Gino's East or uh, Giordano's can't beat it. Although, every once in a while, and you know, you get the feeling for a little bit lighter meal, but deep dish all the way, and uh, if you can't, uh, get your fill of that. You go uh, have a Portillo's hot dog or a Portillo's double cheeseburger. That's uh, that's my speed. <laughs> yeah, you're just like me. A hot dog or a hamburger, that's two of the major food groups. You know, you got to fit that in <laughs> some kind of way. John Doonan, IMSA president. Thanks, partner. I met you when your first day at Mazda, and here you are running everything in sports car racing almost globally. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, cool to watch it, partner. 
I, I really appreciate it.